Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Nobody's Ready podcast. What a time to be a wrestling fan. It all seems to be going on at the minute. Fans are on the way back to WWE. They're already there in AEW. They're already there in Ring of Honor. Impact Wrestling have their first pay-per-view with fans back this weekend. So, yes, it's, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. There's lots that could happen, will happen in the next few weeks and months. So, got a ton of topics to talk about today. Looking ahead to, of course, Money in the Bank this weekend. As I said, the return of fans to WWE is this Friday, SmackDown. The Thunderdome era is over. Hallelujah. No more seeing people on screens at WWE shows. So, yeah, tons of stuff to talk about today. And let's get right into it. I'm going to start today's episode with AEW, their Dynamite show uh, a week from today. I'm recording this on Wednesday the 14th. So last week, last Wednesday, uh, July 7th, they had their first episode of Dynamite on the road again. They were in Miami for a special episode of Dynamite called Road Rager. Now, I I thought it was a great show. I really did. It felt like... A, a sort of dynamite show they'd have put on when AEW started, when I really felt they were on fire. Um, where do I even start? There was a ton of big moments. Um, Cody Rhodes opened the show with a, a strap match win against QT Marshall, he's been feuding with. Uh, that was a good match. We had another great segment with Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, The Dark Order. Really excited as to where that storyline goes. Uh, as I've said previously, I think that is the storyline in AEW, maybe in the whole of wrestling right now, is the eventual showdown between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW world title. Um, another great segment from then, we had a really great sit-down interview with Darby Allen and Ethan Page with Jim Ross. And they were looking ahead to their coffin match next week, which essentially is a buried alive match, I believe. Or am I? Oh, casket match, sorry, yeah, of course coffin casket makes sense um so they're having that this episode of dynamite this week i think yeah so these two for those of you don't know have got a a really long history together they face each other on the indies i think ethan page gave darby allen some legitimate injuries in their matches before so they've got a real intense personal rivalry going on so yeah they previewed that um what else do we have on this show oh yeah we had uh, members of the Pinnacle up against the Inner Circle again. Uh, I don't think that feud's going anywhere. We have Jericho and MJF had a face-off, which basically MJF said that Jericho has to beat every single member of the Pinnacle in order to get a match with him. So, yeah, that feud looked like it's going to carry on. We had the announcement that also tonight, on tonight's episode of Dynamite, as I'm talking, um, that Carl Anderson is going to face John Moxley for the IWGP US title, which, for a few different reasons, is exciting. I think Carl Anderson, obviously, a a bit of a legend of New Japan, really. Um, So to see him fighting for a a New Japan belt is exciting. To see a 
IWGP Championship of any form defended on an episode of AEW Dynamite is is huge. So I think that's something to look forward to. We had the debut match of Andrade El Idolo. Um, he beat Matt Seidel, which... The thing about Andrade is he's obviously a great talent. I don't think he's set the world on fire in AEW so far. They've been teasing this surprise that they've got coming. Who, what that's going to be, I don't know. Um, it's not going to be Selena Vega, so <laughs> we shall see where that goes. But he won the match. It was fine. He performed well. He's a talented guy. I think long-term he'll be fine. I think if you look at Miro, for example, it took him a while to find his feet. Um, but eventually he's where he is now. He's TNT champion and he's on fire. So keep the faith with that. Um, I forgot to mention, yeah, um, we had the AW Women's Champion Britt Baker make a quite hilarious comment in an interview where she was speaking about... What was she speaking about? Da, 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 da. Yeah, she was she was kind of promo, basically, in an interview, uh, and she mentioned a line basically taking the mick out of WWE in Saudi Arabia, which, hey, anyone who takes the mick out of that debacle, I'm all for it. So, yeah, that, that got a few headlines. Um, we had a promo for the match between Christian and Matt Hardy, which, again, is two veterans in a feud. I think it's pretty cool. They've obviously got a long-term storyline from their past together. Yeah, great stuff. Um, and then we had... Actually, no, I'll come back to that. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to what I want to talk to because I want to talk about that separately. Um, also on the show, we had Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander beat The Blade and the Bunny, which, yeah, fine. Mixed tag match. Orange is one of the most over guys on the whole roster. So, yeah, great. Um, this was fine. This was fine. Uh, what else did we have? Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, the main event was... A crazy street fight with the Young Bucks beating Eddie Kingston and Penta to retain the tag titles. This was carnage, basically. <laughs> um, as street fights go, this was brutal. They had thumbtacks, they had chairs, they, they used all sorts. Um, go back and watch this. This was really good. This was really good. Um, no pack is involved in this one at the moment. I think he's stuck in England again, which is a shame. But, I mean, when you've got these guys involved, it's always going to be good. So, yeah, this was this was great. Um, so, yeah, let's go back to what I was referring to earlier. And that was quite a, a shocking debut, as, as debuts go. This might have been one of the better ones AEW have ever done, just because it was such a shock. So, I'm sure most of you know by now, but I'll just run you through the story. So, Arn Anderson is in the ring. He's talking with Tony Schiavone. Um, he got the mic and said, it's great to be in Miami, yada, yada. Uh, and then there was a blackout. The lights went out. Now, earlier in the show, during the Cody Rhodes match, there was a similar type of blackout. It didn't last very long. Uh, and they put it down to bad weather. And so when the lights went out here, commentary said, oh, it's, you know, it's the weather, it's live TV, yada, yada. Um, and the lights came back on and stood in the ring with Arn Anderson was the formerly known Alistair Black.
So he stood in the ring, is who we know as Alistair Black in WWE. He hits Arn Anderson with a black mass, lays him out, crowd's going absolutely batshit crazy. Like, I, I said to someone it reminded me of the John Moxley pop when he debuted. They were that loud. Um, and so Arn's on the floor. He looked amazing, by the way. He, he was wearing, like, an all-black attire, similar to stuff he's wore in WWE before when he's been you know, cutting promos in his more recent run. The one maybe before um, those promos on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, so Cody comes in the ring after Cody Rhodes, who, if you don't know about AEW, Arn Anderson is effectively Cody Rhodes' manager, the head coach. Um, Cody's checking on him, and then, boom, black mask to Cody. Now, we're told on commentary that this man is now going to be known as Malachi Black. And, yeah, that appears to be his character, um, Malachi Black. He was officially an, uh, announced as being All Elite. He has signed with AEW. You might be wondering, how come he's been on TV so soon after leaving WWE? Well, those fucking idiots at WWE. Um, it was one thing to release him. It was another thing to back when he was called up from NXT, and that would have been WrestleMania time 2019, they didn't alter his contract. So if you're in NXT and you are released, you get a 30-day non-compete clause. In the main roster, you have to do 90 days. They didn't change his. It was still 30 days. 30 days has gone up. Here he is. So we didn't think we were going to see him anywhere for another couple of months. There was rumours of him going back to WWE. Obviously, as I'll talk about in a moment, his wife, Selena Vega, Thea Trinidad, I guess she's Selena Vega again now, um, she re-signed with WWE. So there was people thinking maybe he's going to go back there. There's been talk that people in WWE have said or have realised, obviously, that it was a mistake to let him go. Um, but too late, guys. He is in All Elite Wrestling. And it appeared he's going right in with a feud with Cody, one of the top stars. So, delighted for him. Good luck to him. Um, and I think it's only going to be good things for him and for All Elite Wrestling. Next up, real shame, this one. Real shame. Uh, last Friday, I think just before SmackDown, it came out that Bailey had suffered a pretty serious injury while training um, at the WWE Performance Center. She, she actually tore her ACL, apparently, um, and she's going to be out of action for approximately nine months, which is it, it, just gutting. It really is. First of all, Bailey is a tremendous professional wrestler in the ring uh, her character work oh, since she's turned heel has been unreal uh, she's been one of the real stars of the show and she was a real MVP particularly the early days of not having fans a run with Sasha over the summer w was brilliant when those three was two sorry were across all three shows they were excellent uh, Bailey's excellent it's a real shame that on the eve of fans returning 
she's not going to be there to perform for them. Um, big, big shame. It really is. Um, yeah, just just a, a gutting one, really. She cut a great uh, video, actually, um, where she addressed the injury in character and said that, uh, yeah, she blamed the fans for the injury, which I thought was, was really funny. Um, but no, she she carried carried WWE's women division for a large part of the COVID era. Um, massive shame. Massive, massive shame. Um, I think that now more than ever, we need the likes of Becky Lynch, the likes of Sasha back with really one of the top stars now gone. Um, big shame. I hope they, they find something for her. I think obviously she's going to need time to recover but her character is just such value to SmackDown. I think it'd be a real big loss if she wasn't utilised. Obviously, you wanted to recover, but if you can you know, combine that with, with her doing little bits here and there, I think that would be great. Um, yeah, it's tricky to talk about the future with her because, obviously, nine months is a long time in professional wrestling, a long time. But one thing's for sure, when she's back, she's going to be a top star. Once again, that's that's not even up for debate, me. Um, but yeah, real big loss. They obviously, she was due to be in an I Quit match with Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. That's obviously been cancelled. They're instead doing Bianca Carmella on Friday on SmackDown. Yeah, for the title. Liv Morgan's now in the women's ladder match. I'll talk about Money in the Bank later in the podcast, but those are the changes they've made for now. How this changes the plans they had, I don't know. You would presume the Sasha-Bianca was going to be the match for SummerSlam. Who knows if Bailey was going to be in there somehow. It would make sense if she was, given her history with Sasha. But, yeah, just a, a real, real big shame that um, Bailey's going to be uh, out of the ring for a, a while. Um, but as I'll get onto in a second, I don't think all is as lost as it would have been maybe a few weeks ago for the SmackDown Women's Division because they appear to have had a, a few new arrivals. So, um, for those of you who don't watch SmackDown, they have had a few new arrivals in recent weeks. Um, a couple of weeks ago, just like that, on an episode of SmackDown, Sonya Deville announced that the latest addition to the women's ladder match was Zelina Vega, who if you don't know, was released by WWE some months back. Uh, she appeared to be in favour of unionisation of wrestlers. She wanted to do her own thing and wrestle for WWE. They didn't like that. They let her go. And now she's back. Read into that what you will. Um, it, it's an interesting one, for sure. She's straight back in the ladder match. She immediately lost in, lost in a few seconds to Liv Morgan. You know... Whatever. She's a good talent. Good luck to her. Um, also on SmackDown this past week, we had a pretty surprising debut, really. Um, Shotzi Blackheart 
and Tegan Knox, who's literally only just come back to NXT TV. And it appears that now she's on SmackDown with Chelsea Blackheart. So, yeah, that was, that was interesting. It appears they're going to be called Shotzi and Knox, which is that's one of those things. Vince likes his people with one name, so is what it is. But Tegan, great talent, had terrible luck with injuries since coming to WWE, but she seems to be someone who they like a lot in NXT. Um, she's now literally just come back this you know, a few weeks ago to NXT TV, made an appearance, appeared to set something up. Now she's on the main roster, which, again, it goes against what's previously been the thing in that um, previously there was a, an unwritten rule that anyone being called up from NXT, that they would get six months' notice. The, the creative people in NXT would, just so they could book them out, basically, and so they could come up with a plan for them when they come to the main roster. It appears not to be the case anymore. Um as appears to be with a lot of things in terms of the rosters in WWE. Um, and Shotzi as well. Shotzi has had a pretty great year to 18 months in NXT. I think she's been outstanding since in the COVID era. She's really raised her game. She was in a tag team with Ember Moon. They were tag champions in NXT for a little bit. Um, yeah, so good luck to them. Hopefully it bulks up the women's tag division on the main roster which is dying a death let's be honest it, it's never been strong but it's really not strong at the moment so hopefully those two coming in um they can do some good things going forward and most exciting for me from a personal point of view is is a little vignette they ran promoting the uh, smackdown arrival of tony storm former nxt uk women's champion i think she was the first actually yeah um, someone who I had the pleasure of watching wrestle live, which was was great. Um, yeah, Tony Storm should have been on the main roster years ago, in my opinion. I think she's that good. She'll be a star if they let her. She'll be a star. She's tremendous. Uh, again, I go back to what I said on a previous podcast, where I said the women's division in the main roster was was trash. It was trash. Um, but adding those. Four names I just mentioned to the SmackDown side. Liv Morgan's in the ladder match. Um, it's a good start to rebuilding a, a division, which I feel really needs it. Obviously, Bailey's injury is an, an absolute shocker. But those four additions to SmackDown, great talents. You can't say anything more than that. So it's a good start, um, as I said, in terms of the, a, a rebuild of a, a floundering division. We'll see where they go with it in the next weeks and months. So with that in mind, um, looking ahead to SmackDown on Friday, Money in the Bank on Sunday, we are, in fact, uh, the Thunderdome area is over. The Thunderdome is, is going to be no more. I think what you have to say first of all is um, given the situation we were in, I, I think the Thunderdome was a, a, a brilliant idea. I really do. I think it was leaps and bounds better than doing it from the PC, which just felt so lifeless and, and nothing. I think visually the Thunderdome is, is brilliant. I think it looks great. I think back to the first Smackdown they had there 
um, and they did the big fiend entrance. That looked amazing. I think obviously you, you don't want piped in crowd noise, you don't, but you have to make the best of a bad situation and I think they did with the Thunderdome. I think, say what you want about the booking in the last year or so, um, I think in terms of the aesthetic, I think they did as good a job as they could have done with the Thunderdome. Um, I'm not sure if I'll go back and watch a lot of Thunderdome stuff because yeah, it just reminds me of, of COVID, much like I haven't been back and watched much of um, WrestleMania from last year. Uh, I watched the Boneyard match and the Funhouse match, but yeah, I just don't want to associate or, or be reminded of this time period because I don't think it was good for any of us. Um, but we've, if you think about it, I mean, we had the the entire run of, of Roman Reigns as the tribal chief in this Thunderdome period. We've had, you know, title changes, big moments and stuff. And, and yeah, well, we had the Fiend get set on fire. That was something. Um, but yeah, it, it's not one I personally will look back on with much fondness. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to getting back in, in big arenas, rumours of new sets for Raw and Smackdown uh, it's, it's exciting times it really is exciting times so very much looking forward to the return to full arenas and the end of the Thunderdome era so Away from Money in the Bank in this weekend for a second, uh, I want to look back. Actually, I know I want to look forward first of all to uh, and give a brief shout out to Impact Wrestling, who they've got their first show uh, in front of fans on Sunday as well. It's Slammiversary. It's one of their big shows. Their WrestleMania type show is probably Bound for Glory. This, in terms of level. It's probably equivalent to, say, a SummerSlam. So it's a big show for them. Um, they are in... Where else are they for this show? They're in Nashville. They will have fans there. Their headline match is Kenny Omega defending the title against Sammy Callahan. It's no DQ. Callahan is a, a former Impact champion. He, he's an Impact Wrestling mainstay, you would say. Um, apparently, they've all got it worked out already. The plot of Kenny Omega in Impact Wrestling so a fair show in front of fans you never know I mean Ring of Honor this past weekend they changed their world title this weekend they had their longtime champion lose the title to the big baby face could Sammy Callahan have been an Impact favourite reclaim the world title here for Impact Wrestling he could I, I wouldn't be totally shocked given it's no DQ there's a, a number of things you could do I mean, you could even have the Good Brothers come down and help Kenny win. Who knows? Um, but that'll be an interesting one. Um, I won't spend too much time on this because I, I, I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to this podcast don't really follow Impact Wrestling. But I will say that in terms of their women's division, their knockouts division, as they call it, the Impact Knockouts champion at the moment is Diana Perazzo. Now, she has been pretty much their top star in... The, the, not even the women's division in the whole company 
for a long time since she came in really um and as impact wrestling did last year they used a video package to promote this pay-per-view last year which teased appearances from a lot of the people who had been released by wwe this time last year they've done the same this year um they've included a number of teasers for a number of people so we, we we've been told to expect a couple of surprises let's see who they pick uh it's been pretty much stated that Diana's opponent she's defending her title in an open challenge basically against a mystery type opponent open challenge type thing we've heard that her opponent is not someone active on the impact roster so people are speculating could it be mickey james could it be one of the iconics i mean i would have guessed it would be chelsea green she's diana perazzo's best friend in real life chelsea green this past weekend appeared on the ring of honor pay-per-view so it appears she's with them maybe it could be her who knows so that might be something to keep an eye out for over the weekend as well on top of of course the big wwe pay-per-view but no i just wanted to give a shout out to impact because They've done some real good work during the pandemic. Um, they've not had fans at all during their whole run during the COVID time. They've had a lot go on. Obviously, they've now got a bit of a partnership with AEW, which I think is only beneficial for them. It only brings more eyes to them. Their world title is on Kenny Omega. Even came out this past week that Moose, who is a big star in Impact Wrestling, turned down an offer to go to WWE to re-sign with them. So that can only be a good thing. You would never have had that two or three years ago from Impact Wrestling. So credit to Impact for turning things around. Good luck to them this weekend. I can't promise I'll be able to watch the show, um, but uh, I'll probably talk about it or write about it and the goings on. And who knows, maybe some uh, familiar faces appearing for Impact this weekend. So yeah, Impact Wrestling's anniversary pay-per-view is Saturday night, actually, July 17th. So that they've been pretty wise with that, not running it head to head with money in the bank. So, so yeah, good luck to them with that show. Let's now talk about what was a pretty eventful episode of NXT from last night. Uh, it set up a, a few things for later down the line that were really, really interesting. There's there's still been no word of if there will be a takeover SummerSlam weekend. Obviously, SummerSlam's on a Saturday. SmackDown's on a Friday. Previously, they have held a takeover on a Friday. I think they did it for TakeOver New York a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so there's no news on that. It, but I'm presuming there's going to be an NXT takeover in an arena sometime around that weekend maybe even the day after who knows um but yeah there was a lot of things on this show uh we had dakota kai pinning ember moon a penny for the thoughts of ember moon by the way she's already lost a women's title match she's had a tag title run her tag partner's now gone to the main roster so yeah i wonder what ember moon's gonna do now in nxt so she had a, a decent match with dakota kai dakota kai beat her um and then the lights went out and Zia Lee came out and basically disregarded Dakota Kai and went straight to challenging Raya, uh, Raina Gonzalez. Christ, that's a throwback. Raquel Gonzalez, the NXT Women's Champion, who is obviously pals with Dakota Kai. 
they've set up a title match for next week um, Zaya and Raquel which you know I'm a fan of but Zaya literally just came in challenged Gonzalez and left again after a stare down and it kind of took away the heat and the attention from Dakota Kai so didn't really like that aspect of it so hopefully that's addressed at some point um, we had a running segment throughout the show of Cameron Grimes being LA Knight's butler which you know Cameron had a bit of a makeover he trimmed his beard down and his long hair and, and yeah he looked good um, it was just comedy stuff it was good uh, these two are really great so yeah check that out on YouTube the clips of that that was that was really fun we had the Diamond Mine faction which I mentioned previously um, they were on again they this time we were shown a YouTube clip on the show which basically set up a match between Bobby Fish and uh, well it was Bobby Fish came in with the attention of challenging Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivins the spokesman for the Diamond Mine faction said oh you can face Tyler Rust instead who who's like the young up and comer in the group so yeah it was um, they had the match Tyler Rust he, he did beat Bobby Fish um, Ru- the match was short Rust he looked good he, he, Bobby Fish is a big name still Roderick Strong helped him win it, it wasn't the best of finishes but it did set up a tag match because at the end uh, Kushida came out and tried to make the save so that sets up something for the future so that'd be cool they're all good talents so so yeah that'd be good um, then we had a really interesting bit which I don't think anyone would have predicted so we had Sarai who is the new uh, big Japanese signing in the NXT Women's Division against uh, Gigi Dolan, who was the former Priscilla Kelly before coming to WWE. And they were having a pretty decent match, actually. This Sarai is... She's good. She's really good. Um, and then all of a sudden, Mandy Rose walks out on stage and just watches the rest of the match. Um, Sarai eventually got the win. It was, it was really intense, the match. Um but yeah, that was that was uh, interesting. We had Santos Escobar beat Dexter Loomis, where we had kind of two things go on after this. Firstly, we had Isaiah Swerve Scott and the rest of Hit Row kind of get into it with Legado del Fantasma and Santos Escobar, which signed me up for that feud, put it that way. I'm not sure who's the heel or the babyface, but I don't really care. And then afterwards... <laughs> We had uh, Indy Hartwell, bless her, try and come out and aid her. I don't even know what to how to describe the relationship or, or lack of between Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell, but I fucking love it. I think it's a great storyline. Um, this ties into earlier in the show where we had Beth Phoenix basically tell Indy Hartwell to make a move on Dexter at long last. So we finally had Indy... Um, tried to rescue Dexter which was a great scene she was carrying him um, and she dropped him they were looking into each other's eyes and they were about to kiss they were about to finally do it and then Candice LeRae came out and put a stop to all that uh, which was a shame but yeah I, I, I love this storyline I think it's brilliant so um, we had the first round of the NXT breakout tournament which saw Duke Hudson beat Ikman Jiro, I've probably butchered that name, so apologies. Um, 
I don't know too many people in this tournament, but I could have said that when the last NXT breakout tournament was, and I haven't got the names to hand, but I know in that tournament with the likes of Isaiah Swerve Scott, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, who are all big parts of NXT TV now. I think Bronson Reed might have been in it as well. I'm not too sure, but but yeah, if you go off the names in that tournament, I think the majority of them um, are all names in NXT now. So if this year's entrants have similar success levels, then these guys are all going to be big parts of NXT in the future. So, so yeah, good stuff. Um, we had Pete Dunne backstage with Timmy Thatcher, and then all of a sudden... Tommaso Ciampa came in and they had a pull-apart brawl and it was all a bit chaotic. We had what appeared to be the end of the Robert Stone brand. We had Caden Carter and Casey Cantanzaro beat Jesse Kimea and Aaliyah in a match. Uh, basically, the angle afterwards, Robert Stone tried to help Aaliyah up and she shoved him away. And she said she's she's done more than him for anyone. She slapped him, she beat him up, uh, she kicked his ass. Uh, and the crowd chanted her name, actually. So that was interesting. And then Frankie Monet came out and Kamea left with her. So, yeah, that was interesting. It really was. We had some more LA Knight Cameron Grimes stuff. Adam Cole came out for a promo. He, of course, beat Kyle O'Reilly last week. He got a big promo, bigging himself up. Um... He called out Samoa Joe. He said nobody was money enough to face him. And then out came Bronson Reed, who is another who's been mentioned um, as a possibility for going to the main roster. I think he was on, he was on yeah he was on main event recently. So that's interesting. That it appears he's now going to feud with Adam Cole. So we'll see where that one goes. Uh, and then. To end the show, we not only had Frankie Monet backstage with Kamea, with Robert Stone, but Mandy Rose, who had appeared earlier, came out and quipped that it looks like the Robert Stone, Robert Stone brand is under new management. So, I don't know. Is Mandy Rose in NXT now? I don't know. It's interesting, that's for sure. Um, I'm a fan of them trying new stuff with people. I'm always going to be a fan of people coming from NXT from the main roster to NXT because I just think the possibility of them being used in a, a good role is massively more because I think NXT is booked better. So, so yeah, an, an unexpected one for sure. Would not have called that. And then the main event, main event time. Johnny Gargano challenging Karrion Cross for the NXT title with Samoa Joe, a special referee. Now, this was a really good match. Obviously, it's Gargano versus Cross. It's going to be a good match. It was intense. It was brutal. It was probably everything you'd expect this match to be. But as whatever this match was, it was not the story. The story was after. Obviously, Samoa Joe is seems to have you know caused tensions with pretty much everyone in NXT, but particularly Karrion Cross, so far. Um, so, you know, obviously. Shows the referee, he holds Cross's arm up and you know gives him the title and whatnot. So Joe goes after the match, after having a, a bit of a stare down with Cross, he goes to walk away and leave the ring. And Scarlet holds back Cross from, from doing anything. And as soon as Joe's back is turned, 
Karrion Cross chokes him out. So Mojo, Joe, who we were told pretty much that he, he couldn't wrestle, we were told that he wasn't cleared, that he couldn't be an active competitor. Um, and Regal even said in the promo when he came to NXT that Joe couldn't do anything unless provoked. And Cross just choked him out. And Cross was screaming at him that he bought this on himself. So I don't think particularly NXT do stuff for the sake of it. I don't think they do. So I don't, I kind of almost don't want to say it because it's, it seems too good to be true. But maybe if I whisper it, it won't count. I think they're setting up for Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe, which is going to be fucking amazing. So let's hope and pray they do it. So that was NXT. <laughs> yeah, that that was NXT this week. Um, heck of a show. And exciting times for NXT for sure. So let's see where it all goes. And finally, let's look ahead to the return of fans to WWE this weekend. It starts with SmackDown on Friday. They've got, what have they got? They've got Rey Mysterio and Dominic and Edge against the Usos and Roman Reigns. They've obviously got Bianca versus Carmella. They still need to announce the final woman in this women's Money in the Bank ladder match. So, yeah, a whole lot of stuff. Um, obviously, it's on Fox as well. So, uh, it's interesting. I think, obviously, there's been so many names mentioned and rumoured. I think they'll all appear at some point. It's just when. Uh, so it's exciting. It's really exciting. I think I think I might even stay up and watch this one. I'll certainly watch it the next day, for sure. Um, I'll probably do a podcast or a blog on particularly Money in the Bank, but I might do a kind of where we're at type podcast in the next few weeks. I'm not too sure. Um, August is going to be pretty mental for me, so I'm going to come up with some form of solid blog podcast schedule in the next couple of weeks or so. So anyway... Let's talk about Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view at the weekend. So, so far, we have six matches announced. We have, firstly, the Raw Tag Titles, AJ and Omos, defending against the Viking Raiders, which was advertised originally for Raw, um, the first Raw with fans. It's now been moved to the pay-per-view, which is, is fine. I'm thinking that's probably been moved because obviously they took the SmackDown Women's title match and moved that to SmackDown for some reason. Don't know why. Maybe that'll be explained on SmackDown on Friday. Um, Obviously, we've got Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte again. Again, (laughs) you don't really know where any of these matches are going to go because it's all about what they do next, I think. Because obviously there's so much that can be set up for the future with people coming back and obviously SummerSlam's around the corner. That's going to be a huge show. So that one could go a number of ways. My guess would be the Becky Lynch challenges for the Raw Women's title at SummerSlam. I haven't heard that from anyone. Just an educated guess. I think Becky Lynch against either of these two women makes sense for different reasons. So just a theory. Let's see where we go. The title matches, we've got Bobby Lashley defending against Kofi Kingston. 
I think Bobby's probably going to win. I think it'll definitely be a good match. Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. I don't know. I mean, I've heard rumours of Goldberg. There's been talk of Brock Lesnar. If you haven't seen, speaking of Brock Lesnar, if you haven't seen, please go out of your way to try and find Brock Lesnar's new apparent haircut. It's something. If he comes back to WWE TV with that, oh my fucking God, the world is gonna explode. Um, <laughs> we've got Universal title, Tribal Chief against Edge. I think that's gonna somehow tie into what seems to be a pretty obvious tease that they've done already on TV to Seth and Edge at SummerSlam. Obviously, the talk forever has been Roman and John Cena for SummerSlam, so yeah, we'll see when those things are all set up and put into motion. Uh, and next, I'm going to talk about the two ladder matches because I've got a number of different theories and ideas for where they could go with each of those. So let's focus on the two ladder matches then. Let's start with the the women's. So far, we've got all but one of the participants announced. We have Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and I guess it's Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross, Nikki almost a superhero. Um, I actually really like that gimmick. Uh, everything in me should hate it. Maybe it's because I like Nikki Cross, but I just think it's really fun. It's different. It's something. Um, and I think fans are going to absolutely love it. I think they're going to really get behind her. So exciting times for that. And... On the SmackDown side, we've got Liv Morgan, Selena Vega, and Natalia, one half of the tag champs, um, and obviously one more to be announced. So who that could be? Could it be Sonya Deville? Could she announce herself in? She's not wrestled since her return earlier in the year. Could it be Tamina, the other half of the women's tag champs? Could it be someone from NXT? Could it be Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart? Could it be Tony Storm? Could it be Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks? Who knows? Who knows? Um, with this one, I could see them going a number of ways. I'd really like Liv Morgan to win it. I really would. I've got a feeling that Alexa Bliss might win it. Or whoever this mystery person is. Um, so we'll see with that one. Um yeah, interesting lineup. Interesting lineup for that one. Um, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which I am pumped for. Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, and Drew McIntyre from Raw. Big E, Kevin Owens. I guess King Nakamura. He is now. And Seth Rollins from SmackDown. That's stacked. That is a stacked lineup if ever I've saw one. Um,. Who's going to win this one? I don't know. I don't know. I guess the obvious favourite would be Drew. I could see... I have an idea that The Fiend is going to come in and cost Drew this match to set up SummerSlam. I think that's probably wishful thinking on my part. Maybe Big E wins it, cashes in on Bobby Lashley. That would be incredible. Maybe Seth Rollins wins it and cashes in and, and costs Roman Reigns an edge. 
I think probably Randy Orton's going to return and fuck over Riddle. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but who knows who's going to win? Uh, I think Drew would be the favourite, just based on his booking of the last, well, the last year or so. You know, he's been a consistent main eventer, and I don't think anyone else in this match has been in that time. So, so yeah, interesting. Um, it's going to be a really big show. There's going to be a lot of big WWE shows in the next few uh, days, weeks, months. Uh, and this is going to be the start of it. So let's hope, let's hope they do a good job. Um, let's hope they, they create some memories for us all. So that's it for this episode of the Nobody's Ready podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, as I've said all along, exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Um, so I will see you all on the other side of what's going to be a heck of a few days for us all. Buckle up because it's going to be it's going to be something. And I will speak to you all and see you all soon. <laughs>